Good morning. He is risen. My name is Pastor Ruby, and I have the honor of preaching the first part of the sermon today. And uh, thank you to all who took part in reading the scripture this morning. Um, it was amazing. <laughs> so thank you, Pastor Peter, and thank you, Mariella, for, for sharing the words with us this morning. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Risen Savior, we worship you. We thank you for not just being our hope today, but for all eternity. Help us this morning to pay attention to your powerful word and watch the ways in which you move in the most unexpected places. And all God's people said, amen. The title of my sermon today is Resurrecting Hope. I don't know about you, but I did not grow up in Seattle. So you know what it's like to wait for the sun to come out. It can feel like an eternity. I felt it in some real ways in this season. A few Sundays ago, I was here at church. I had a parent luncheon, and then I had a meeting, and all sorts of stuff was going on. And I was just so anxious to go home because I had heard the sun was going to come out. But as I got home, pulled into my driveway, it was dark and overcast and began to rain. So as pastors do, I decided to take a nap in hopes that as I would go out later on that afternoon, the sun would finally come out. But I was disappointed because as I woke up and got ready to go up to Seattle to visit a friend, it began to rain as I sat in my car. I just sat there just feeling defeated. Not only did it start raining, it started to pour. Maybe you know this day. <laughs> and then there were pebbles <laughs> pelting my windshield. And then all of a sudden, as I was driving, it was golf ball-sized <laughs> hail that was coming at my car. The day was so dark and so gloomy. I felt the end of my hope to feel the sunshine on my face and to feel the light bring life to these achy bones. I looked up and as I was driving, as the windshield was covered in rain, as the wipers were, were washing the rain away, I looked forward and there was just a beam of light coming. The dark clouds were still there, but the clouds had broken and all I could see were blue skies and beams shining from every direction. It was pretty spectacular. I love living in Seattle, and when it rains, the sun, when it comes out, is spectacular. It brings light to the fact that even the ugliest plants out there, the ones that we have to cut back for the wintertime, start to show signs of new life. When we experience dark days in our lives, it can feel like nothing can break through. In today's text, Jesus brings resurrection hope when it feels impossible to see new life. They need to see and look up. The book of Mark is unique. I've loved going through it, and today I'm, I'm a little sad that we're wrapping up this series. It doesn't account um, to the fact that the women were joyful and they ran to the tomb or immediately they, they ran from the tomb to tell others or Mary embracing Jesus. 
But instead, it says, when the Sabbath was over, the three women, Mary, Salome, and Mary, the mother of James, came quietly, holding their grief to anoint their dear one. Imagine how dark and empty and desperate Friday to Sunday must have felt. The tomb they went to, expecting it to be closed, is open. Occupied with Jesus' dead body, it's now empty. A young man there was telling them that when Jesus, who was once dead, is now risen. These devoted followers had witnessed the crucifixion. They'd witnessed the burial. And with spices and oil in tow, they came to anoint Jesus' body. Arriving at the tomb shows us that there is no expectation of resurrection. Women were not looked at as a reliable witness in society. Reports of the women concerning the empty tomb and Jesus' resurrection was disregarded by many and considered embarrassing. They were not looked at at the same level or status of men. The news felt absurd. No one expected to see what they were about to see. Aren't we like this? When it seems so dark and bleak, we give up hope? I mean, listen to the women as they are traveling to the tomb, chatting with, yet, with one another about yet another barrier that they would have to face. Who will roll the tomb away? The guard? No one wants to mess with them, and it's too heavy to move on our own. The tomb was rolled away so that others could see. Our boundary-breaking God removed the obstacle. He made a way. He brought resurrection, hope. Hope is believing in what is hoping more in what is possible. The earlier scribes weren't thrilled with Mark's conclusion, so they continued the chapter with a tight little bow. But I'm grateful for the way that Mark intended to conclude in verse 8, that these women were fearful, unable to put into words what had just happened. When we live in dark and dead places, it's hard to see the possibility of new hope. But rather than sit in um, the reliability of hopelessness, let me say that again, a lot of times we rather would sit in the reliability of hopelessness. But Jesus came so that we might have life, life to the full. He is the bringer of new life. We know that the woman's silence turns into proclamation, their tears into joy, and their fear that transforms to action. And they don't have to be silent anymore. See, Christ chose to announce the greatest news of all time through these women. It was women who were first to see the empty tomb. It was women who looked up to see the stone rolled away. The barrier was removed and they had access to enter in. Where society said that they weren't worthy. It was women who were present all along while others denied Jesus. And it was women who were commissioned first to go and tell others of this liberating, redemptive good news. 
They did not stay silent. These women came in strength. They came for what they thought was just one last act of love to anoint their master's body. We often worry and get discouraged and fearful when we are distant from hope. What they didn't realize is that the task was already done. Did you hear me? Say it with me. It is already done. He is risen. risen. The women needed to look up. They went in looking and they didn't have to come um, (coughs) into this space with anointing Jesus. They came with this expectation that they, they didn't need to look for life because they expected death. But Jesus was crucified. The women are alarmed as they approach the tomb to find a young man an angel dressed in a white robe for the burial chamber. How do we respond to this when he says, don't be afraid, what you're looking for is not here? We live in the tension of joy, the joy of Easter that comes out of the horror of Good Friday. We don't get to have the joy without fear, the proclamation that often comes in those spaces where we've been silent, or resurrection without death. But be assured and hear this announcement that Jesus has risen from the dead. The tomb was empty. All hope was gone when they expected death. But death is not the end of the story. We, what I love about this passage is that Jesus called these women Fallible humans who struggled to look up because of what the world had labeled them and what seemed impossible. And he invites them to look up. He says, come, take a closer look, see signs of new life. I love how Esau Macaulay says it. Christians are at their best when they are fools to believe in the power of God's call that dead things come to life. Christians are at their best, are when they are fools who dare to believe that God's power calls dead things into life. Church's Easter, come and see what the women did. I hear stories upon stories of people who are searching for life, reports of children and women and men in the most desperate situations that are being found under the rubble of hopelessness. Even when we least expect it, life happens when we can't fully see. I remember one night sitting at home watching TV. I often try to avoid the news, but this particular night I I tuned in. And I heard a story of a Ukrainian man who had been in a five-story building that had Um, collapsed. He was encased with rubble all around him. The temperatures were freezing and there were faint cries that came out from him for help. Days later, he was found. Imagine what it meant for a community to take a closer look. Imagine what it meant for this community to adjust their sight, to get close enough to hear others so that they might find life. 
This Good Friday, I thought about the grief and the pain and the anguish that Jesus bore for us and knows so intimately. Church, he sees us. He hears us, even with the faintest cries. Jesus came to bring resurrection. He came to bring a resurrecting hope to those most hopeless places. The end of the passage says, see the place, or verse 6, says, see the place where they laid him. Church, these women were eyewitnesses. When we see the place where they laid him is now empty, we can have a hope that Jesus has conquered the grave. When we see the place where they laid him that is now empty, we can have hope that death has conquered the grave. Amen? Do I have a church in here? When we see the places where they laid him is now empty, we can hope that Jesus has not abandoned us. He is with us. When we see the place where, we, where they have laid him, we can have hope that our eternal Savior walks with us in the darkest and most impossible moments, forgives us and has mercy upon us. When we see the places where they laid him is now empty, we can have hope that the resurrection is possible for us too. And Jesus' ministry continues in and through us. So I ask you today, where personally do you need to look for hope? Where do you need to see Jesus' power, his resurrection power activated today? Where around you are you inviting others to look up? Like these women where it didn't seem like there was much possibility or promise, God was resurrecting hope in their lives. They simply needed to look up, receive the good news that new life has come. The radical work of Jesus is that he would call women to share the greatest news of all, a message of hope for the world that desperately needed it. Easter is about looking up to see the one despite every disappointment we experience in ourselves and in the world. He gives us the reason to live. This is the resurrection hope. He is risen. Would you pray with me? Good morning, church. Happy Easter to you. It is so good to be with you to hear words of hope and resurrection. Thank you, for pa- thank you Pastor Ruby, for sharing with us this morning. One of my traditions on Easter morning is to read an ancient sermon from St. Chrysostom, and I want to share just a little bit with you because I recognize that as we come to Easter, we all come from different places. Some of us come through Lenten journeys where we have been fasting, giving up things, or adding practices to uh, seek God more deeply. Some of us come from places of desperation and grief, and so we need to hear some resurrection hope on Easter Sunday. And Chrysostom writes in part of this sermon, he says, Let us all enter into the joy of the Lord. 
First and last alike, receive your reward. Rich and poor, rejoice together. Sober and slothful, celebrate the day. You that have kept the fast and you that have not. Rejoice today, for the table is richly laden. Feast royally on it. The calf is a fatted one. Let no one go away hungry. Partake all the cup of faith. Enjoy all the riches of his goodness. We gather this Easter morning in the midst of all kinds of different experiences of life. We come experiencing joy and grief, pain, loss, celebration. And it's easy or perhaps understandable for us as we come to resurrection morning that we come having known the beginning from the start. Right? I struggle with this every Easter because we enter Holy Week and I want to enter and enter the experience and, and hopefully enter the desperation and the desolation of Good Friday, the silence of Holy Saturday. And yet I find myself constantly jumping to this morning. As Ruby pointed out in our text this morning, the women come to the tomb and uh, they are not expecting resurrection. Right? That's easy to forget. But the women came to the tomb not expecting a risen Jesus. They came expecting a dead Jesus. And so when they come to the tomb, it is understandable that terror seizes them. And amazement, the text tells us. We have been journeying these last 16 weeks through the Gospel of Mark. And you will remember, if you've been with us, that one of the common themes that we heard in the Gospel of Mark is this, this uh, common theme where Jesus would tell someone that he encountered and healed to be quiet and to not say anything. And what would they do? Well, they would go and proclaim it far and wide, right? But this time, the women come to the tomb and the angel, we assume it was an angel, the text says young man, but, but it tells them to go and tell and the text tells us that they said nothing because they were afraid. And when I first reread that again, I was struck. And, there's, and it's very easy for judgment to creep in, right? How dare they? Be silent. But you see, I was forgetting that they came not expecting a resurrected Jesus, but a dead one. And we know that they didn't stay silent for long. That they did go and tell. You see, they came to the tomb 
expecting someone who was dead, and they knew that dead people, especially those who were very publicly and brutally executed by empire, are not supposed to rise again. There's no reason to expect life. And they did not stay silent for long. It is worth noting that we recognize that eventually, we don't know exactly how long that leg was, but eventually they did go and tell. And we do well to remember the bravery and courage of these first evangelists because of all the things that Ruby shared with us that, that were stacked against them and reasons for them to continue to keep their silence. Ruby also mentioned the abrupt ending in the Gospel of Mark. What an odd place, right? Now, I recognize when you look in your Bibles, you will see a whole bunch of verses that come after verse 8, but you'll notice that they're all in parentheses. That's because scholars generally recognize that, that, that that's not the original ending. Somebody added that. And so, at least the ending we have of Mark ends in silence. Now, I read something that I thought was really kind of uh, provocative this week about that. One suggestion I read suggested that the abruptness of this ending should be taken as an invitation. That perhaps what Mark was doing by ending so abruptly in silence was inviting those people who would first hear this story to tell their resurrection stories of Jesus. Where have you met the resurrected Christ? I think this is a great idea. Because as we come to celebrate and sing of the resurrection of Jesus, we must not forget that He came to bring life now. He invites us into his kingdom now. He wants us to experience shalom and God's wholeness now. So where have you met the resurrected Jesus? I come bearing witness today that in the midst of confusion and desolation and silence and depression, the resurrected Jesus shows up. And maybe it's just a glimpse. Maybe it's just the, the fastest glimpse. And yet it's that spark of hope that there is life in the midst of those things. I come to bear witness that the resurrected Christ shows up in the midst of the joys of life. In the midst of silence, in the midst of the absence of the feet, you know, that absence of God. Anybody recognize that? No? Nobody's ever gone through a season where you hear God's silence more than his voice? Even in that place, the resurrected Christ shows up because he is risen. 
and that life That life is for us. This morning, no matter where you find yourself, no matter how desperate, Whatever your tomb, he is not here. He has risen. So go in the hope and the joy of Easter knowing that the tomb is empty. He is risen.